Hey fans, welcome to today's episode of Calling All Fans. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. Ah, we're excited to bring you another episode. So look, 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 look. If you're not ready, you better get ready and get your game face on. Cause the show's about to start. What's up, fans? What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome hey, to it. This is another week, so you know what you're getting. Another awesome episode. Let's go. All right. Well, let's hop on right on into it then. All Come right. On. So we got this thing going on right now in, 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 called the NFL season. Uh, you know, I'm excited that football is back. Again, like I said in other episodes, I did not believe that the NFL was going to make a return. I just didn't think they were going to figure it out, to be completely That's, honest. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. And so we're in going into week three. In the NFL, there are wins. There are losses. And there are some teams that gather more losses than others. <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very good point. I don't, I don't like so, it, but that's the way it is. you know. And so out of those teams, there are a couple of teams that have not gathered any of those what they call wins. <laughs> I'm just kind of rubbing it in. Uh, They're elusive. One of, the, one of those teams are the, the Eagles. I'm just rubbing it in. Right, I'm rubbing it in. But no, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> out, of, out of the teams that are 0-2 right now, uh, who needs a win more? Um, when um, I read this interesting stat today, that um, there has been eight teams that have started 0-3 since the league has uh, changed to eight divisions in 2002. And out of those 80 teams that have started 0-3, one team has made the playoffs. One. Um, and I got that, that stat off ESPN.com. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, like – Okay, one team. Oh, and um, if uh, if you make it the current fourteen team playoff instead of the twelve team uh, from the last previous years, um, only one, two teams ha- would have done it. So you just adding one more team to that, and that was the wow. two thousand thirteen Steelers. So it's not wow. looking good for teams that start zero and three. Yeah, and so in week three, who needs to avoid starting zero and three? I I know oh, what you're going to say. I know you're going to say your Eagles, but I actually don't have them on my list, bro. Okay, okay. Yes, I think the NFC East is as bad as I hate to say this, mediocre. And so very mediocre right now. And so they could start 0 and 3 and then rattle off, you know, five straight wins and be 5 and 3 and right in the thick of things, you know. That's and true. so That is true. But uh, there's other teams in other divisions, um, and my first team on my on my list. Um, let me start over. There are other teams in other divisions that are gonna have to keep pace with the wins mm-hmm. because they have other teams that are gonna rattle them off um, at a high clip. And my first team yeah. on my list is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons gave up a win to my Dallas Cowboys, who would be facing, <laughs> who would be in their shoes this week. Um, if they wouldn't have given up a 20 uh, point lead, they were up on the Cowboys 20 to 0, 29 Again. to 10, 
again at half. Yeah, and uh, lost it. They just, they yeah. just. I don't know what happened. They, they, did they don't know how to. They don't know how to protect the lead. I don't know what's. I guess the Falcons, so, man. So the reason why they're first on my list is because their division is crazy. They are in the NFC South, uh, which also has the Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are currently zero and two as well. But the teams that they're going to have to keep up with, the New Orleans Saints and the Buccaneers, they're going to, I believe, they're going to be 10, upwards of 10 wins. Like, I think the Saints will get 10. It'll be 10 and 6, 11 and 5. The Buccaneers, mm-hmm. I probably will say 11 and 5. Um, and so Atlanta needs to start gathering those uh, elusive Ws that we said yeah. in the, at the beginning. And so uh, I believe their division is crazy. They also play in the NFC. So even adding one extra playoff spot will not actually help them uh, because it's a tough NFC. The NFC West, all of their teams could make the playoffs with that one extra playoff spot. You have the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers. Yeah. All of those teams could make the playoffs. So yeah. you're pretty much going to have to win your division. And I hot take right here, I believe that if they don't make the playoffs this year, it's going to be end of an era of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Oh, really hot I take. It, I think it's going to be the end of an era. Uh, my second team uh, on this list is the Minnesota Vikings. They also, like the Falcons, are in a, in a tough division uh, with the Green Bay and Bear, uh, with the Chicago Bears. And so they're going to have to keep pace. Again, I think Green Bay is going to have 12 wins. I think the Bears are going to have 10 to 11 wins. And so they've got to keep pace. And so they can't start out 0-3. They start out 0-3, that disappointing year after the, after the last couple of years of it being in the playoffs, those questions about Kirk Cousins are going to come back. You know, mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, did we, should we have kept Kirk Cousins? Should we have left, let go of Stephon Diggs? So they're my, they're my second team. And then the Houston Texans are my third team that really need to win. I put them third because their division I don't think is the toughest, but I do believe the Titans are going to rattle off 10 wins. I think uh, Bill O'Brien will lose his job as GM, not as head coach, but he will lose his job as GM if they don't make the playoffs this year. And uh, I think they're just wasting another year of J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. Uh, So that's my three teams who need a win this week. Yeah, if they don't get their 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 if they start zero and three, they're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, so I agree with I agree with most of those because um, you said so. You said the Vikings. I do agree with the Vikings, um, mostly because the Vikings haven't really changed anything that they've done. They've been the same team this whole time, and 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 it's only gotten them so far. I think the farthest they've made it in the Kirk Cousins era is the NFC Championship against my Eagles in 2017, and they lost. Yeah, I think, I think the Vikings need to prove it right now. I think this is the year that they have to prove it, that this formula is working, um, and it starts this week. If you don't get a win this week, you're, you're against the Titans. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So they're going to come in. Titans really run, really run heavy because, in my opinion, they have the best power back. That does not mean all-around back, none of that. They have the best power running back in football in Derrick Henry. Um. And so it's going to be tough for them. Their run defense has not been great. But, you know, Tennessee, yeah, 
you know, they could be susceptible to some big plays. And you still have Adam Thielen and you have Dalvin Cook. So you have some weapons there. Yeah. You just got to use them. They need wins because the Packers, um, Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission this year. And so it's, it's you're going to have to beat Green Bay. Somehow you got to figure it out. And it, it starts this week. Um, I agree with you on the Falcons. I'm with you on the Falcons. Uh, they just, man, last week was a heartbreaker. They let it slip. Um, which I don't know how you blow a 19-point lead, but if anyone can do it, it's the Falcons. They blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. So here's the thing. I'm not surprised, but I'm also confused how you do it, you know? Yeah, it's so, crazy, man. You know, bottom <laughs> but line, I, hey, you I know. wasn't mad. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't, but it's like, bottom line, you need to win. They're really good at getting a lead. Protect it, though. I need you to protect that lead now. Play smart. Clock control. Don't play not to lose play to win so still stick to your game plan i've seen the falcons on like third and eight with with the game close throw a screen to julio jones and him rattle off 12 13 yards it's like that's that's fine in a tie game you know where every possession really does count but you're not really trying to protect the lead but in my mind i'm like you're up 19 man in that situation don't throw that screen get aggressive why because that other team is in desperation mode right now they realize it's now or never, so they're going to put everything they can into making these stops, right? So you got Julio Jones. You got Calvin Ridley, who's come on big this year. Just make plays, okay? And then who's the other team that you said? Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Okay, so that's the one that I actually disagree with you on. Oh, okay. But here's why. Not because I, I disagree with any of what you said. I just think the Texans, because of their division, could start 0-3 and come back and be fine because there's seven spots in the AFC. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just the, the problem is there's seven spots and they're going to have to compete with the Steelers because I don't think the Steelers are going to beat the Ravens out for their division. Or maybe mm-hmm. they will, but then they'll have to compete with the Ravens for that spot. The Patriots, the Ravens, and this one is a little bit iffy, the Colts. But when you're competing with four teams for three playoff spots, then you're going to then it gets dicey when you start piling up those losses. It it does, but I think I think the Texans, because of Deshaun Watson, if they didn't have a Deshaun, I would be more apprehensive. But because of Deshaun Watson, yes, they got rid of D Hop, still the biggest blunder of the offseason. But uh, I think the Texans are gonna be okay. Which so I'm, you know, I think yeah. they'll be okay. Yeah. I would replace them. Though, if it's me, if this was, if that was my list, I would have replaced them with the Jets. Here's why: there's okay. no Tom Brady in New England. Okay, you still have the Dolphins in that division, and the Dolphins are still not very good. I love me some Fitz Magic. Don't get me wrong. This is a note. C.J. Hopper, one of my closest friends. If you're listening to this, this is not me bashing Fitz Magic, but it's the Dolphins. Let's be it's real. It's the Dolphins, man. They're not good. You know, you have the Bills. Fitz Magic is, but yeah, Fitz Magic is a baller, but he's. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, I won't say he's good. He's a. Uh... He's, you know what? He's extremely average because he has he has amazing games. That's like that's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and then he will have terrible games. So those the terrible and the amazing games outweigh yeah. make him average. Yeah. So so CJ, you can be mad at Anthony. I'm not bashing Fitz Magic. I think he's a baller. Um. Anyways, they still have him. The Patriots, I think, are still trying to figure it out. Bill and Cam, I think, are still trying to get on the same page. A little bit. So, um, it's in my opinion, it's a three-team race in the, in the AFC East between the Bills, 
the Patriots and the Jets. And I'm also like, can we trust Josh Allen? I think he can uh, because he can do it in a variety. He can run and he can pass. Can he get the job done? I think yeah. so. So, but that's with what I'm that saying. Bills defense and yeah. with Stephon Diggs there. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying is like, so if I'm if 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 there's a team that needs a win, it's the Jets to me because you got to be able to keep pace. And right now, the Bills are two and zero. The Patriots are one and one, and the Dolphins are one and two. So right now, you're sitting at last place in your division. You need yeah. this win this week to keep pace with the Dolphins, and then um, you're hoping. You're hoping now. There's a big hope. But you're hoping that the Raiders stay hot against New England and and can push them to one and two. Because then if you win this week, you're now tied for second in your division and it, you look good. But if you fall to 0-3, then the best you are is fourth place in your division. Yep. So yep. I, I think they need it. Yes, I agree with you. I think they need it. But uh, the Jets don't have – very much to lose, I don't think. I think everybody thought they would be bad, and I thought I think they are bad, and that's just it. I don't think they um, have as much to lose as the Texans, uh, which is why I put the Texans number three, just because their their non playoff um, uh, berth would carry more weight, I think, than the Jets. Um, oh yeah, and I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Pick a pick a winner. Does Atlanta win this week? Does Minnesota or does Houston win? Or does none of them win? I I actually think I'm gonna I'm gonna go Falcons. Um, you know Falcons, okay? Yeah, offensively they look good. They just haven't protected leads. I don't trust. I do not trust Mitch Trubisky. Still, um, he's done it two weeks in a row. He's looked really good two weeks in a row. But I still don't trust him. Um, I think he's gonna revert back to who he has been. And um, I think I think this is. I think Matt Ryan and the Falcons are coming in with a chip on their shoulder and saying, hey, we had the Cowboys dead to rights, and we, we, we let them off the hook. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to come in on a mission, and I think we're going to see them. I, I don't even think it's going to be close, if I'm being honest. I think it's going to be an ugly game because I think the okay. Falcons want to are going to want to assert their offensive dominance. Cool. I think neither of those ten teams win this week. <laughs> That's fair. That is I an think neither too. of those teams win this week. I think the Vikings get the closest. The Vikings and the I think the Vikings and the Titans game will be close in a high scoring matchup. And I think the Texans will lose to the Steelers probably by like four points. I think something like 21, 26, So that's five points. All right, that's our top three. We pretty much agree except on the third team. So that's our top three teams who need a win in week three. Who would you? Who do you think need a win in week three? Direct message us on Instagram at calling all fans, calling underscore all underscore fans, and let us know. Now we're going to transition to a thing we like to call "Let's Play GM." Oh yeah! All right, so let's play GM, Anthony Taylor. Let's do that. You are. Let's pretend for a minute. Okay. You are the GM of the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, my okay? team. This is why we pick the Mavericks is because they looked really good against the Clippers. And in my mind, they are a title contender. They're just what mm-hmm. I would call a, a bottom tier title contender. So in the tiers of okay. the NBA, there's, there's the cellar dwellers, the bottom feeders. There's the middle of the road teams that are like, they're good and they may sneak into the playoffs, 
but you're not really counting on them to win a title. They're going to get swept in the first round by the one or two seed, and it'll be fine. And then mm. you have those those the 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 low end, low to mid end contenders, guys, the teams that's like they'll be in the playoffs every year, and they may make a magical run. They may do something really special in the playoffs and win the title. And then you have the obvious contenders. Think Lakers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you so have, you have the, obvious... like the Lakers who are obvious. Like before the season, people are picking them to win the title. Like those are obvious contenders. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. So the Mavs for me are on the low to mid contenders where it's like they'll be in the playoffs, they'll be competitive, and they might make a magical run. But for a minute, you're the GM of the Dallas Mavericks, okay? What moves do you make this offseason that take them from low to mid to obvious contender? Yeah, obvious contender. So I would say I would say right now what we need, we have a we have a good roster, right? But after Luca and Chris Stapps, we don't have um, like a bunch of name brand players, right? So yeah. as GM, what I'm doing is I'm seeing, all right, who can I package to get one more piece, right? And so I, I don't need – what I don't need is we got plenty of three-point shooters, right? We got Luca, we got Chris Stapps, we got Seth Curry, we got Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, Finney Smith could hit one. Max Max Maxi Kleber Kleber, I think is how you say his name, mm-hmm. um, can hit shots. We got JJ. He don't really play as much, but you know. And so, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, I want someone who can like come off the bench and maintain. Not even come off the bench. But, like, he could be a mid-level starter uh, and just, like, maintain some scoring options when Chris Stapps and Luca is off the bench. But also is nice on the defensive end, right? Okay. So, so I'm looking at these free agents, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a lot of them. Anthony Davis has a player option. Brandon Ingram uh, is a restricted free agent. Um, but these are just Anthony Davis, of course. If you can get Anthony Davis, why not? I'm looking at somebody like a um, Montreal's Harold. Okay, I think okay. you know he can get to the rim. He dunk on you, get a layup. He, he doesn't have a nice handle, but he's nice enough to get to the rim. I uh, and he plays defense. He plays hard defense. You got people like Davis Bartons. Uh, and people may not know that name a lot, but he's actually really good for the Wizards. Uh, he's a, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's an 18-point-per-game sto- scorer uh, for the Wizards this year. And so somebody like that, I think somebody who could, is like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's a stretch four. Mm-hmm. And so somebody that can stretch the floor. You know, we got Chris Stapps. He could come off the bench or and even be in that fourth-quarter lineup. We got it. We, we already the number one offensive team in the league and so who could give us that extra punch right i'm thinking someone like david bertans who could we could hit luca could hit him bang three you know somebody like that you got somebody with a player option like gordon hayward but what i'm looking for is either an extra i'm looking for somebody who could keep points on the board when chris Stapps and luca is on the bench but also 
can keep teams from running up the score, if that makes sense. So those are my yeah. values for the, okay. for the Mavericks. Okay. So let me ask you this. You said all of these names, and they're all great. Would you consider a guy like, like an Andre Drummond? Oh, here's the thing, man. If we could get Andre Drummond, I'd be down for that. Like people, and, and this is me as a GM. This is my taste. I think anybody that can get me 15 and 15 on a nightly basis is valuable. I don't care if it's okay. all dunks for points. You can grab me, and I'm, I'm, and I'm doing, I'm, uh, I'm uh, putting that on the low end. He, I think he, he averages like 20 rebounds a game. If I'm not, I'm, I, I could be, ma- uh, could be totally wrong. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Andre Jarman is undervalued in this league, and I think we could steal him from the Pistons actually. And so I think that would be beautiful actually. Um, for the uh, for okay. the Mavericks again, a defensive anchor. I would love it. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I was just thinking back to the Mavs' um, previous title mm-hmm. season, right? Um, and thinking about what that team looked like, I'm not thinking star power with with really any of those names. I'm thinking very good role players, and then you yeah. just need a rim protector. But I I love that Andre Drummond uh, pick or that Davis Barton. Like I I just think I just think somebody who can get points on the board also while playing some defense. I think yeah. is some is something that we need, especially when Luca and Kristaps uh, need some rest. All right, all right, you let's play GM for you. What you got, brother? All You're right, the GM of the of the of the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, what you doing? Um, so. I, I love how you went win now mode, right? But oh, I gotta we gotta win now. So, but I'm actually gonna project a little bit. I'm putting together. I've put together a five year plan, um, and it's gonna be really oh. quick because okay. it starts this year. Actually, you have to first thing the Milwaukee Bucks have to do number You're trading Giannis. No, 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 no. Number <laughs> oh, okay, one okay, on the list is re-sign Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you do not re-sign Giannis. You are not a title contender. I'm sorry. You're not a mid to you're not a low to mid level contender. You now have run into that middle of the pack area. That's what they said the, about the Raptors. Of the league. Okay. Yeah, but the Raptors, the difference is the Raptors have won a champion. They won a championship. So <laughs> that's fair. I just, all of those guys know. You know what I mean? Like, like they know what is yes, they had Kawhi, whatever, but they knew what it was gonna take to get back to the playoffs and be very competitive. You know what I mean? They this year, unfortunately, they just didn't have Kawhi's heroics. That's all. Um, but first things first, we're re-signing Giannis. Got to re-sign the Greek freak. So that's step one. Then step two starts this year in free agency. So at the end of this season, I'm looking and I'm saying, man, who can we go get that will pair with Giannis and look really good? The problem is, is I don't want to keep you for very long. You know what I mean? I want you for a year or two, and I don't want to pay you a whole lot. So I'm looking at a guy like um, like a Goran Dragic. He's a free agent this year, which I hate that because my Miami Heat need to keep him because he's doing really mm-hmm. great in the playoffs right now. But if I'm the Bucks, I'm like, Goran Dragic running the point. He doesn't score the same as Eric Bledsoe, but he's a much better player. Floor general, if you will. He, floor general, and you know, I think he has a better three point shot. Yeah, and so it's like he's gonna he's gonna be able to get Giannis the ball in some tight passing lanes, and 
uh, you know, Middleton can spot up and, and do his thing, but Middleton can also create his own shot. So, you know, there's some things there. Um, and then I think you trade Bledsoe. If I'm if I'm them, I trade Bledsoe. Like, okay, we'll ship Bledsoe out. So I think you you look at a guy this year in free agency, a Goran Dragic. Um, just going back down the list a little bit more, a Fred Van Vliet. That could be nice. I'm just you know these are just some ideas for this year. Uh, you could even look at a guy like a Jeff Teague who can get you buckets, but he's also a really good passer. So that's for this year, and because then it's like you probably won't win the title with that. And that's okay, but you'll you, you'll be very competitive. I think they'll make the the finals with that. Um, but then looking forward to next year, it's to me this is one of the biggest free agent classes we've ever seen. You got guys like Chris Paul, LeBron, Kawhi, Blake Griffin, Paul George, um, Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, um, Dennis Schroeder. Like there's there's some Lamarcus Aldridge. There's some big names. Anthony Davis um, would be an unrestricted if he picks up his player option, which I don't know if he will. LeBron has a player option. Chris Paul has a player option. Kawhi has a player option. Blake and Paul George both have player options. Um, Drew Holiday has a player option. He'd be available. Uh, And so I'm looking at next year's free agency, and I'm saying, okay, this one's a no-brainer for me. Go get Chris Paul. Go get him. And and the reason I say that is because I think if you try to trade for him this year – the price is going to be too high in OKC because outside of Chris Paul, who does OKC have? Really? That's like a name brand guy, you know? So when I think about it like that, I think, man, you're playing for, you're not, you're signing Giannis this year to make room to have more money for next year's free agent class. When all these big names are out there, you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not going all in on LeBron. You're not going all in on Kawhi. If you could get Kawhi or LeBron, without having to offer them a Supermax, that's a great thing. Problem, you're going to have to offer, offer them the Supermax. Maybe not LeBron, but Kawhi for sure, you're going to have to offer him the Supermax. Because Kawhi at this point is like, look, I'm, I'm top two, three players in the game right now. Yeah. Y- you got to come get me. LeBron is like, man, I'd have made my money. I'm just trying to win rings now. You know? So maybe you can offer LeBron a little bit less. But Chris Paul, you don't have to offer him a Supermax because it's like, hey, you're up there in age. You're still really good, but you're not a max contract guy, right? And then if he won't come, go get Mike Conley. Mike Conley has been so underrated for his entire for the duration of his career. He's a really good point guard. He's tough on defense. He can score. Uh, he doesn't score at a high clip. He's not averaging you know thirty. He's not young MVP Derrick Rose. He's not that. But he's a tough defender. He he's a really good passer, really underrated passer, and he can he can give you fifteen a night if you ask him to. But then I'm thinking, okay, you need someone to come off the bench. That's where if you have Jeff Teague, that's nice because Jeff Teague has no problem coming off the bench. Wait, are you still in year two? Yeah, so I'm in. So this is man, you're doing a lot in year two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so well, no. So Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague is year one, right? Year two, okay. year two, you want you want CP3 or Mike Conley. But then after okay. that, after that, I'm not looking – because you're going to sign these guys for three, four years when you sign them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to sign – maybe not Chris Paul, but like, like Jeff Teague and Mike Conley. Like you're going to sign them playing for the future because my thing is I want to be competitive for the next three to four years. And I think you can be, and then you just have to – 
you'll draft their their replacements and let those replacements come in and be mentored by Chris Paul and be mentored by Jeff Teague and mentored by you know these guys. And then I think as the Bucks, because you've secured your core in Giannis and Chris Middleton, um, and I'm even throw um, Divincenzo in there because I really like that guy. Um, that's not a big three, of course, but DiVincenzo, I think, is part of that youthful core. And then you bring in some vets, some savvy vets alongside that know what they're doing, and I think they can be competitive for a little while. So that those were my moves. Jeff Teague this year, re-sign Giannis, get, pick up Jeff Teague, um, and then you got to go get a Chris Paul or a Mike Conley, um, and then you just go from there. So over the course of the next two to three years, if I'm the Bucks GM, those are my moves, and in year three, we're winning a championship. Okay. 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 That's okay. It. Cool. The only thing I disagree with there is that Chris Paul is going to be at a high price. I think they're starting over because they fired, uh, not fired, but Billy Donovan. They both agreed to walk away, uh, and I think they're starting new. Uh, so I think Stephen Adams, uh, even maybe Gallinari, and definitely Chris Paul are going to be on the trading block. So I don't think the price will be too high. I also think someone like a Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. somebody who can just go get their own shot again. Um, to put on the floor with Giannis, that would be um, very, very interesting. Okay, so we've played GM. I will say this one thing about my Mavericks. Um, I also like Davis Barton because, or someone like Bogdan Bonvanovich, um, because they can score if Chris Stapps gets hurt. Uh, he's very uh, injury prone, uh, which is why we lost to the Clippers. Uh, and so I need somebody to be able to replace him, too, if he gets hurt. Very, very, very good point. Um, last thing I'm going to say about your Mavs is if you wait until 2021, okay, uh, where is it? Rudy Gobert is an unrestricted free agent, and nope. that could be huge. That Next could be question. intriguing. Hold on. Because I'm telling that could be intriguing. He's the defensive player of the year for a reason. Anyways. He, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Giannis is the defensive player of the year. but Rudy Gobert um, has won it, though. He's won it. So he won it. No, I, I, I would I would I wouldn't mind Rudy Gobert. All right, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next topic. Uh, we're gonna preview the Heat and Celtics. Uh, I've been wrong. Uh, I thought I thought the series was I originally thought the series was gonna end in six. Then I pushed it to five. Now we're back to six. Um, the the Celtics are showing a little more resolve than I thought they would have. Uh, and they kind of expanded the game last night. But I do believe Whenever game six is, I believe the Heat will end it and be waiting on whoever to the to the finals. Yes, I I agree. I'm with you. Um, I think so. They played Friday. They're off Saturday, and then they'll play um, today, which is Sunday. Um, and so my thought is, Bam Adebayo was hurt. He got hurt. In the in in game three, he had hurt his his. his it was a the Miami Heat called it an upper body injury. He hurt his arm and his wrist, like his shooting hand. He hurt all that stuff, right? So, but he played through it. Played pretty good last night. Not as good as we've seen him or grown accustomed to, but he played pretty good. And so, I think with another day of rest, he'll get treatment. He'll get all that stuff. He'll come back Sunday and look really good. Duncan Robinson. This is this is the thing. Duncan Robinson is unconscious. I saw this man yesterday. Or Friday, sorry, in the game, literally just pulling up. Didn't matter how close they were. Two feet away, six inches away, you could smell their breath. I don't even care. This man was pulling up from everywhere. 
just ready to shoot. He was confident. Tyler Hero in game three dropped 37 points. Or game four, sorry. Game four, not game three. Game four. Dropped 37 points. Looked really, really good. He doesn't have to do that again. If he can be half of that, the Heat are good. Um, Jimmy Butler, you know what you get with him. You're going to get some grit. You're going to get some determination. You're going to get some grind. those grimy buckets, those grimy rebounds. You're going to get that from Jimmy Butler because, if we're being honest, when that man's on the court, he's just he's he's he turns into a completely different kind of animal on the on the floor. Um, Goran is Goran, so Jay Crowder, pretty similar to Jimmy Butler in their mentality. They're just they're 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 geared up for a dog fight when they're on the floor. Um, and so I think Bam is my X factor still. And so if he's healthy, I think that he ended. Um, Sunday. If not, I think it goes seven. And I, but I still got my Heat winning it and going to the finals. So, yeah. Well, by you know, if they don't end it today, then by nature, then by nature, it it it, it goes seven. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I just think I just think if I'm it just, goes seven, the Heat will still win it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think the Heat is coming out of this series, um, and I will say the Heat will win Game Six. But the biggest X factor for the Celtics to win game six is not Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is going to be Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's going to ball out. Uh, He may struggle a little bit, but he's going to come on. He's turned into a nice, nice superstar. And I think you're going to get Jalen Brown too, uh, vintage Jalen Brown. I think the X factor for the Celtics is going to be one of these three players. Kimba, of course. But the two more obscure, I think, would be Gordon Hayward and Marcus Smart. One of those three are going to have to have a good game. And I mean, like, a, I, think a, a, I think like a really good game. And I think one of them are, are, are due for one. Like, I think Gordon is still getting his legs back under him, so it's less likely. But if he's due for one. I think Marcus Smart, uh, he showed up big in that Raptor series. Um, but I think one of those three, especially Kimba. So I'm, I would be excited to see if Kimba, uh, and I'm talking about like a big game, like a, a 30 point uh, outing where he's 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 uh, adopted that Duncan Robins, Robinson's unconsciousness, where he's he's just like he was turned into Jamal Murray, where I'm going in, I'm staying out, any point on the floor, you can't stop me, uh, and that's what I think they're gonna need. If they're going to win game six, I think they're going to have to have one of those three stars, Marcus Smart, uh, Gordon, or Kimba, to, to, to have a really good game. And for Marcus, I'm not saying he needs to get 30, but he needs 20 and maybe like 10 rebounds and, you know, four steals. Like that's, that's Marcus's really good game. Like he doesn't do it on the points end so much as he does it on the steals and the rebounds and the things like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes, that's what I think. If they're going to – if the Celtics are going to survive, one of those three guys are going to have to have a big game because I think the Heat are coming ready to close it out in game six. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think the Heat are coming hungry. Um, yeah, I think – I think Jimmy Butler – I watched a, a, a news story on him on ESPN um, not too long ago, but – you know, they're just telling his story and stuff like that. And I th- I think Jimmy Butler is, is starving. I think he's he's not desperate. I don't want to say desperate, but I think I do. I think he's starving 
for a finals appearance. And I think, I think he wants it. I think they're going to close it out in, in game six. Um, you know, the worst thing that can happen to the heat is to let it go seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that would be the worst thing. I think, because I think the talent of the Celtics is better, you know, their top, their, I think their top talent, um, you know, their main guys, as opposed to the main guys of the Heat, I think the Celtics' talent of the main guys is better. But I think the Heat have a better overall team, and I don't, I don't, I don't think they need to breathe life into the Celtics. They yeah, close it out and close it out hard, and just let it, let it be done. Um, okay, Cody, let's transition mm. to a segment I like to call what's on your mind what's on my mind here's what's on my mind professional athletes we love them we we watch them some people idolize them and oftentimes we think they can do no wrong I'm here to tell you different. They can do wrong, and here's why. <laughs> There's a UFC fighter. This has been a big, a big scandal, a big deal, right? And so I'm not going to pick sides. I don't, I don't care to pick a side or anything like that. But <sighs> this UFC fighter called out all these NBA players who are standing up for these social justice issues, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which again, I applaud these NBA players for using their platform. I applaud them for the way that they've done it. I agree with them. I'm on their side. I'm with them wholeheartedly. Um, I think if you have a platform, you ought to use it to enact change for the good. And I, I appreciate these NBA players and what they're doing. And even the NFL players, they've done a great job. Every every league has really done a great job, in my personal opinion, right? But this UFC fighter comes out, and he's he's like calling out all these NBA players, and, and you know, he – Calls, calls them quote-unquote woke athletes and all this stuff. I don't really know what that means, but that's what he, the verbiage he used. So then these NBA players decide to respond, and they're, they're saying, so LeBron James said, this is not a direct quote, but this is the gist of what he said. He said, anybody can talk when they're not in the arena, but when they get in the arena, they would probably pee all over, them, all over their pants. And in my mind, I'm like, LeBron, what are you saying right now? Are you saying that if that guy saw you, he would pee in his pants because he'd be afraid of you? Is that what you're <laughs> saying? Or you should probably clarify this. Or are you saying that if if he was to stand up for social justice and see the the pushback come directed at him, that would make him pee in his pants? I don't know which one you're going with, but here's my thing. Professional athletes, please do better at picking what beefs you are going to jump into. Because... What it sounded like, LeBron, was that you were wanting to pick a fight with this man. And I'm going to tell you that's a bad idea. Yes, he's a, you're a foot taller than him, but here's the problem. That man is a UFC champion. He is trained. He's one of the baddest men on the planet. He registers his hands and feet as deadly weapons. Like, he has to register them as deadly weapons. It's a law, right? I, I love you, LeBron. You're one of the greatest athletes of my time, but this... Maybe you just let this guy chirp and let him let him be like a cricket and just let him chirp off in the distance, right? Just let him do that. And don't let don't don't engage in this beef and let that take away from you and your mission to enact social change and those kinds of, and fight for it. If he wants to chirp, let him chirp. Because if he's just chirping at you and you don't respond, guess who looks dumb? Not you, LeBron. 
And what's the worst people say? Oh, LeBron's scared. LeBron's scared. No, LeBron just has bigger things on his mind than going back and forth with this guy. LeBron is trying to trying to enact change in our country. He's trying to enact change in our politics. In every facet of life, LeBron's trying to enact change. He just doesn't have time to engage in this battle. And in my mind, in my opinion, it would show a lot of maturity and a lot of wisdom and discernment on LeBron's part to say, I'm not even going to engage with you, man. But those are my thoughts. AT, you agree, disagree? What you think, man? Yeah, I agree. I think I think we got to remember that athletes are, and even this guy Colby Covington is is a human, and and they and we all have opinions uh, about things. If we didn't have opinions, we wouldn't be doing a podcast, right? Amen. <laughs> so we all we all have opinions about things. I think uh, right now in a time, I think those those comments were very in, uh, irresponsible by Colby. Oh, for sure. At a time like right now, we're we're talking about social justice for black people. Kobe is I don't know if what his he's he's white and LeBron is black like I I just don't think it's I know what you were trying to do his his quote that I'm reading here says I want to dedicate this fight to all the first responders all the military out there this world will not be safe without you guys you keep us safe and not these woke athletes I'm sick of these spineless cowards like LeBron James if he would have just stopped and said you keep us safe. And he did just end it there. Thank you to all the military first responders. Everybody agrees with you. Everybody's there. Why do you then have to take it further to, to downplay what somebody else is going through? So I don't think it was very responsible by Colby Covington. I don't think it was very responsible by LeBron James to, like you said, to respond. I think LeBron James should have just been like, you know, who's that or should have been like, you know, like, oh, if that says what he feels, I'm sorry he feels like that, but I'm going to keep fighting for what I believe in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's easy to forget that these guys are human because we see them and they're on TV, and but I don't know. I'm just like, man, don't – I think of it kind of like a rap beef, if you will, where it's like it's always some no, some small, like really no-name rapper that calls out this big-name rapper. The big-name rapper indulges, and now this no-name rapper – he, his fanhood blows up. It's like, stop letting these guys get clout off of you. Like, yeah, stop man. it. Don't do this, man. Just stay focused. Put your nose to it. And like you said, the best response I think LeBron James could have had when they told him about this quote would have been, who's that? So, yeah. but yeah, so the, the, that was all in my mind. I'm just like, man, I love, cool. I love our pro athletes, but please, 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 please pick better battles. Every battle does not need to be fought. Exactly. So, okay, cool. Well, fans, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. Hey, like I said, always direct messages on anything, but especially on the what's on your mind. We leave that one a little shorter to give you guys a chance to respond. So DM us uh, at calling underscore all underscore fans. And uh, yeah, keep on loving and yeah. enjoying sports. Hey fans, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Calling All Fans podcast. We love you guys. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Remember, keep being fans, keep being biased, and we'll see you on the next episode.